we are there and <clears throat> we need to look at how I believe how Paul responded to the Galatians there was an issue going on and he took it very seriously and he spoke very boldly about it and you know Paul built off of the other apostles I mean the word was out there they had walked they had been with Jesus and I have to think that the verses in 1st John there's there's a, a, a section there that I've always loved and I remember going through with a pastor as he took me through I call them the little Johns and he said what do you do with a verse like this and I have to believe that as Paul was dealing with these churches and the Gentiles or the Jews period he maybe had this thought in mind that John had written in in 1st John 2 uh, verse 3 on it says now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments John is talking about um, a test a self-test of knowing Jesus of knowing our faith of knowing our religion and too often in the world today we think we're Christians because we've said some prayer or because we've attended some church or we've made some intellectual assent to knowing about him but John talks about something different he says now by this we know that we know him how do we know that we know him? It says, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So as Paul is going to Galatia, as he's talking to the church there, he wants them to know that there is no other church, that there is no other, not, not church, that there is no other gospel than the one which is preached the ones that the apostles had preached the ones that he had preached when he established this church and we're going to read um, verses 6 through 10 today and there's only one gospel there's only one truth there's only one way the bible tells us and if you are like me we have an older congregation here if you're like me i think the older we get the more desperate we see the need you know when we're young we always think we have the the whole world before us we have nothing but time on our hands but yet if you go out and look at the uh, web page of our of our local funeral home you see people dying every day we heard today during prayer time people that are in the hospital that are facing death and maybe the words of the the gospel come a little bit clear that that we are to seize the day seize the moment now today is the day of salvation there's a, a saying carpe diem seize the day in urgency becomes a little bit more important to us and I won't even say a little I would say becomes more important to us especially in our life as we see the days waning as we see that we get closer each day to going home to be with the Lord and, and we think about others that are around us and wouldn't it be nice if we could die with no regret saying that 
I shared with my loved ones, I shared with my friends, I shared with those at coffee club the gospel so that when they stand before the Lord they have, they have heard that message. Do we take it serious? Paul, when he comes together here, is not praising the Christians in Galatia. You know, Timothy talks about them heaping up pastors that are going to tickle their ears, that are going to tell them what to say, they're going to tell them what not to talk about and what to talk about. There's churches like that, there's denominations like that today that will not let their pastors talk about certain things or do certain things or take a stand on certain things. They want to avoid the hot topic issues. But Paul knew better than that. He knew what the Lord had called him to do. And he had shared this gospel. And he was not there to praise the Galatians. He wasn't there to praise the church at that time in any way. He started to teach them immediately after the greeting. We went through the greeting uh, last week and we talked about the grace and the peace that that he was praying for that they would have. And we said that you can only get grace through Christ and you can only get peace by having God's grace in your life. Many in the world today have lulled themselves into, I believe, a, a false security of, of thinking that they are believers because they come to a church or because they, they know about Jesus. But Paul understood, and I believe the apostles understood, this very fact that our life is not fragmented. Christ is either a part of our entire life or he's a part of none of our life. We can't say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian while I'm at church, or I'm a Christian while I'm at home, but when I'm at work, it's a little different, or in this situation, uh, I'm going to be a little different. We need to carry our Christianity boldly wherever we go. We need to stand up on the principles of God's word. And so he starts out here, I must have these on all on the... I apologize for the, the thing. It says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what, was, than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. He starts out very strongly there. So this church that as he was coming back, was maybe going to be happy to hear from him again. He was there. He had led many of these people to Christ. But they had turned from the truth. Maybe they were baby Christians. Maybe they didn't even know the truth, the whole truth. But they, they, they were turning to something else. And, and we see here that it, a lot of it was works. So he began to teach them immediately. We can read into this that Paul was sad that these believers were turning to something else. We could also see that he was angry. I can't hardly believe that in such a short time, he says, I marvel that you have turned away so soon from him who called you. 
When we come into a relationship with Christ, He wants every crevice of our life, every part of our life. Every belief that we have needs to be subject to His belief and to His word and to His stand. We can't divide it out and say, well, I know Jesus preached this, but, but I think this. Because when we do that, that's hypocrisy. And as John said, if we profess to walk in the light as He is in the light, but are walking in darkness, the truth does not abide in us. He says, if you profess to be a Christian and yet do not follow what God's word says, you're a liar, the Bible says. This is me saying that this is what the Bible tells us. And we need to look at that. What do we do with that? What were the Galatians going to do with this message from Paul? It seems that, that Paul had visited this, this area in the not too distant past. And he had shared a lot of things. But all of a sudden they're believing that they had to adopt this, this Jewish law to be proper Christians. They wanted to add on these things to be proper Christians. When we read in Revelations, we can read about a, a time frame that's called the lukewarm church. And sometimes I wonder if we couldn't apply that to the church today that many of us are lukewarm Christians. We're not on fire for the Lord. The Bible tells us in some of the Gospels, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. We're great orators. We're a lot like the Greeks. We can speak. We can talk. We can, we can share these things. But where's our heart? Because what's going to guide your direction? What's going to guide your behavior? What's going to guide your choices? It's not the words you speak, but it's your heart. Jesus says, with your lips you flatter me. You talk great swelling things. But he says, your heart is far from me. Paul is saying here, we don't need to obey rules of traditions, of religions, to be right with God. We're saved by grace through faith. We simply need to trust in Jesus. That's the true and the good news. But when we trust in Jesus, that means we are following him. One thing that you'll learn if you're drowning and you're not a good swimmer and that lifeguard jumps in to grab you, a lot of times he puts his, his arm around your neck and he'll say, relax. And if you don't relax, you keep fighting him. Eventually he's going to let you go because he doesn't want to drown also. So we learn to follow Jesus. We learn to have his heart. The Gospels, he says, Father, that, that they be in me as I am in you, that we all be one, that we're grafted in, that, that we're breathing the same air and thinking the same thoughts, and that we have this, this unity that is found only in Jesus Christ. These false teachers didn't teach that Jesus Christ only could save people. It was Jesus plus something else. Jesus plus something else. When Jesus left, he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. You're going to have this Holy Spirit in you that's going to lead and guide you. It's going to convict you of sin. And I fully believe that many Christians know what is right and what is wrong. But yet many still choose to walk in the ways of sin. So he goes on to say, 
He who called you by the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. He says there really is no other gospel. They were presenting it as another gospel. We can see, again, many denominations that have the traditions of men. They have their, their own set of rules. I was just showing Larry last night one of the books that I found through the Messianic Jews, and it's the same a lot of times of the Jews, the 613 laws, and it talked about those of affirmation, those that are positive, and those then the, then the next chunk that are negative. And it's got all the all the scriptural verses with them. And you can be bound to those things. Those are like chains or a millstone around your neck. But when the Holy Spirit is in you, you know what is right to do. Paul would even say, you need no man to teach you. That doesn't mean we don't come to church and learn things. But he's really saying that the Holy Spirit inside you will let you know. If you're spending time in prayer, if you're seeking what Christ would have, through this time that we're in, I wonder how many, time, how many times people are really praying and saying, Lord, what is it that you would have me to do? How many people are really even cracking open their Bible and seeing what the principles are before they make decisions? Do we even want to know what God's Word says? I know when I was a young Christian, I remember hearing somebody say one time, well, you know, the more you know, the more you're accountable for. What they were saying is, I just want to live in ignorance. I just want to live my life and just believe in my head that I'm a Christian. But God's word doesn't say that. He said there's a day coming when every man is going to stand before him. Every man is going to be on his knees. And every man is going to be without excuse before God. Are we spending time in his word? Are we learning? There is no other gospel, but they were presenting it that way. And he says there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. They want to minimize what God's word says. They want to take it away from the situations. But when it's a penetrating force in your life, when all that you do is of Christ and Christ in you, you're in Christ and Christ is in you. See, you, you can't separate that out. You can't take that part out from you. If you do, you're a hypocrite. And I think if we're able to do those things, we might even really need to examine our relationship with Christ. God knows the heart. And even though I'm saying we're not saved by the works, we're saved by the relationship with Christ through grace. He has called us. He has sanctified us. He has set us apart. Remember, black is sin. Red was the blood of Christ. Gold was eternal security. White was he wants to purify us, sanctify us, wash us from our sins. So John would say in the little Johns, he who continues to walk in darkness has no part of God. That's a hard pill for us to swallow because we like darkness. And he says that as sinners, and even sometimes in our, our fleshly nature, it says they love darkness more than light. Because light brings to recognition sin in our life. That's why usually more things happen at night in communities. People go out at night to drink. They go out in the dark to hide and do this. They want to break into houses at night when nobody can see them. Because during the day, they'd be exposed. So he goes on to say, 
They want to pervert this gospel of Christ. Paul says, I stand on the word of God. Do you stand on the word of God? And Paul makes it so strong that it says this, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. He's saying you know what you've been saved by. You know the scriptures that made you wise unto salvation. You know the calling that God had on your life. And Paul was, was that conduit that shared that. It was the Holy Spirit and God that saved him. But Paul was that, that conduit. And then you know what Paul says? If even I come to you and preach any other gospel. And above me, if an angel from heaven comes down and preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. And he repeats it twice. That's sort of like exclamation point, explanation point. He wanted to make sure that you got this, that there's one gospel, one truth. It's the word of God. If I preach a different gospel than what is in the word of God, may I be accursed. Anybody that preaches a different gospel than what is in the word of God, let him be accursed. This time of where the, the world says good is evil and evil is good, let him be accursed. We need to stand up for truth. We need to stand up for what is right. So in 90 repeats, as we have said before, so I say it again. If I, or an angel, a celestial being from heaven, if anybody, anywhere, preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. As believers, we need to stand up for the truth. Paul wrote strongly. He opened up. He says, my authority has been given to me from God. As believers, God has given us the authority to speak his word boldly. Don't let anybody bridle you. Don't let anybody say, oh, you're getting a little too radical. It happens to new Christians. It happened to me. When I first got saved, man, I was on fire, whoosh, and I had some of the older people come along and just sort of say, hey, you know, we all love Jesus, but you're going a little overboard. The question is, can we really go overboard? Can we really go overboard? No. I don't think so. We need to share the truth in love. But if somebody's on the path to hell, if somebody's embracing a belief that is contrary to God's word as displeasing to him, we need to speak the truth in love to them. And I will emphasize it needs to be in love. Because we're not here to, to be the, the, the moral code. Christ is our moral code. Man will always fail you. But we need to speak that truth and we need to speak it in love. And you know when people know that you care about them, they will listen to you. My friend that I have up north that thinks a little bit differently about things than I do, I listen to him. He knows that I care for him. We have dialogue. I don't just, you know, tell him what I want and then run the other way. I listen to him. We have dialogue. I care for him. He cares for me. He's told me many times, I respect you. You know I respect you. I said, you know, I'm thankful for that. I respect you too. I just don't respect this and that because it's not biblical. 
We always need to stand up for God's word. Ignorance is no excuse for the law. If you're flying down one of these back streets at 40 miles an hour, when I remember when Highway 12 was closed, I'll tell you, our, our friendly local police, and they are friendly and they are good police officers that we have in town, they gave a lot of tickets out behind the cemetery. Because people saw a long straightaway with no stop sign and just thought, I can go. Oh, I didn't know what the speed limit was. Ignorance is no excuse. We need to know what God's word says. Even if we don't know where it is here, we can find it. We have so many resources at our fingertips today, be it on our phone or a computer, be it through other believers. We have the ability. There's no excuse whatsoever. And even if we don't have our Bible, we need to make a, a decision right away. We need to go to prayer. Because I believe in a crisis situation, God will give you the words to say. Often did we see even that of some of the leaders in the churches and the, and the apostles. I don't know what I'm going to say before the higher-ups. God will give us the words to say. Paul taught that Christ could make people, from, people free from these laws of traditions and religions. And in 10, he tells us this. And when I talk about laws or traditions, we, we face that today. We've had discussions as a board about some mandates, about health things, and what's biblical, what's not biblical, and we, we've, we've talked about those things. But when the government or whoever wants to get their fingers into what we can say and what we can't say, you know, what we can do, what we can't do. Do we do gay marriages? No, because we believe it's unbiblical. We're not going to do gay marriages. If the government comes and says that you do gay marriages or we take away your tax-exempt number, I could ask our board, what are we going to say? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Paul ends this little section that we're talking about, about only one gospel this way. For do I now persuade men or God? Who is it that we're trying to persuade? Who is it that we're trying to please in our life? Yeah, It needs to be God. As Christians, our ultimate authority is to be pleasing to God. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it fully unto the Lord. doesn't say do it fully unto your neighbor. Keep peace here, keep peace there. No. Whatever you do in word or in deed, every idle word we speak, every thought it says take captive, Paul says, I beat my body daily. We live in a world today that has no self-discipline. We live in a world today where, where just anarchy reigns. And it's not just in the streets. It's in the churches. And it's in the, the personal disciples' life. We have become our own gods and we make our own rules and we do our own things and we say our own things and we justify it. Paul says, for do now I persuade men or God? Am I trying to be pleasing to men or to God? Who am I trying to convince about these things? God is, my God is your father. He says, or do I seek to please men? 
For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Those are strong words that Paul is speaking to this group of believers. These are strong words that the Bible is speaking to us. If you are just worried about pleasing men, he tells us very clearly, you're not going to be a bondservant of Christ. A bondservant was not a slave. A bondservant was one that remained in his position freely. It was like a slave, but freely. So in, in slavery days, I believe I'm right on this, when they, slavery was outlawed, they said, you guys can go. Some of those slaves chose to stay. So he tells us this, if we're just concerned about pleasing men, we will not please Christ. If we're just concerned about, you know, keeping everybody else happy, we're not going to keep God happy. Paul understood that there was persecution. He ended up in prison. He ended up almost losing his life over the gospel. I don't think any of us have been called even near that. But yet we shudder and we cringe. And we get all worked up because we shouldn't be saying that. But it's God's word. Paul is clear. Only God can save us from the punishment of our sins. We must trust fully in him. And again, when we trust fully in him, that means we walk in his ways. You all know that I like outdoors. I like watching Adventures, some of those things, mountain climbing and all those things. And I know like when they go to rescue people, they'll say, you need to do this. You need to do that. We've had to do that here in Augusta when we've found people that have been in dangerous situations going through the ice. We understand what that means. So we understand that there's one gospel. The salvation is through Christ alone. It's not through any other entity. It's not through good works. It's not through anything other than God's call on your life. We are saved through grace, by grace through faith. Not of works lest any of us can boast. But when that relationship happens, we are now chained to Christ. And our idea needs to be this, where he goes, I go. What he says, I'll say. Paul understood that. He, he understood that fully about his chains being chained to Christ and all that he has called us to do. Well, sometimes it's tough to stand up and speak these things. But Paul understood he needed to speak these things. And if he got locked up, that was fine. If somebody didn't like it, that was fine. He casted the seed. Remember Apollos and Paul and Barnabas? Some would plant, some would water, but God gave the increase. It is God that changes the heart. But it's the truth that needs to go out. It's the seeds that we need to plant. Some people will always oppose Christians. And it's not easy to be one of Christ's servants. And I want to make that clear as we close today. It's not easy 
to do the right thing. Do you know if it was easy to do the right thing, wouldn't everybody be doing it? But we look in the world and the world's full of sin. Why? Because it's easier to do the wrong thing. It's easier to do the easy thing. Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. We need to understand that there are times in our life, and I don't want to paint a, a bleak picture of this because there's tremendous blessings that come with being a child of God. He blesses us each day. We wake up and we, we have this whole day set before us. There's blessings that are there. But the world is going to hate us. And they will find ways to do it. They will find reasons to do it. They will find little minuscule ways and they'll make them into big ways to do it. It's not easy to be a Christian. But God has given us the strength to do it. Whatever God has called us to, his spirit will supply the strength we need through it. And that's what we need to know as we close today. Next week we're going to be talking about a call to apostleship. What does it mean to be called of God and to follow him in what he has for us? Let's pray.